So last year, in December 2023, the American Academy of Pediatrics uh, put out a statement, and their statement uh, was about GMOs and specifically about uh, glyphosate. So uh, let's talk a little bit about that. I'm Dr. Lyle Bergoon. This is the Critical Science Podcast. It's uh, the year 2024. And um, if you were to go to healthychildren.org and you were to look up, uh, you know, the latest, greatest information from the American Academy of Pediatrics, who I generally have no beef with. So this is kind of interesting. Um, They kind of went on a very chemophobic bent with respect to GMO. So when when I first heard about this, I was thinking, oh, God, now they're going to tell people GMOs are bad. No, they don't. They don't tell you GMOs are bad. In fact, they... They do a pretty good job of saying that um, genetically modified uh, uh, organisms, uh, GMOs, uh, specific to food, the food GMOs are, are not a problem, but that uh, what is a problem, according to them, is that they might contain glyphosate. And then the AAP goes on to not only villainize glyphosate unfairly, but to actually state, and this is a direct quote, This suggests that most children and adults are consuming foods that may increase their chances of developing cancer. They're talking about people eating foods that have trace amounts, trace amounts of glyphosate, and that that may increase the chance of someone developing cancer, especially children or adults. That's chemophobic, if I ever heard it. That is just pure chemophobic garbage and nonsense. So let's talk about this. One of the things that the AAP is pointing out is they're going back to IARC and they're saying that IARC says that glyphosate is a probable human carcinogen. Okay, full stop. Let's think about this. IARC, the International Agency for Research on Cancer, which is a part of the World Health Organization, which is itself a part of the UN, really neat, is tasked with what we call hazard assessment, not risk assessment. So what IARC does is they look at different things, processed meats, um, air, like the air we breathe, uh, coffee, alcohol. And they basically, if they've looked at it, chances are they say it causes cancer. And there's very few things that they say don't cause cancer is kind of interesting in its own right. But they said that glyphosate causes cancer. This is in direct opposition to what we see from the European governments and the United States government. The US EPA has been very clear. Glyphosate is not going to give you cancer. The EPA has been very clear. We use risk. We don't use hazard-based regulation. So in other words, in, in the EU, it's very common for them to use the precautionary principle to say if it's not 100% safe and known to 100% be safe across the board, we're not going to use it. And they also use hazard-based regulations, which is to say that if something causes a hazard at a high dose that humans will never be exposed to, the Europeans are going to regulate it and in many cases try to ban it outright. In the United States, we take a very different approach. We take a very science-based approach where we say, what is your likely exposure going to be? 
And then what are the health impacts at those likely exposures? Now, I'm here to tell you, glyphosate is one of those chemicals that was not designed to have biological activity in humans. Okay. So glyphosate is actually extremely safe. And we know this. We, we've been using glyphosate for years, right? We know this. This whole thing about glyphosate causing non-Hodgkin lymphoma, it's garbage. The science behind it is garbage. We know it's garbage. Okay. We, we know this. Yet, yet, the AAP, which is normally a very, very, very reputable organization, has gone all chemophobic on us has decided that we're not going to use a risk-based calculation. Instead, we're going to say, well, it could cause cancer because IARC says it causes cancer. And because of that, you shouldn't eat. Okay, this is just absolutely ridiculous and chemophobic. And I don't like where the AAP is going with this because this is the organization that I go to as a parent you know, for information about, okay, so what's normal development look like for my child? How's my child doing in these areas, right? This is an organization that people who don't know science or who aren't scientists go to for information on the daily about science with respect to their families and their children, right? And so now what we have is we've got the AAP saying, well, you know, what you should do is you really should eat organic. Okay, guess what? That doesn't, that doesn't solve anything because a lot of the organic foods actually have, uh, pesticide residues on them as well. Why? Because there's actually many, many, many pesticides that are organic. Oh, isn't that interesting? And by the way, as what we're talking about organic, organic just means that, you know, it's, it's not synthetic, not made by humans, right? So let's think of some organic chemicals. Um, tetrodotoxin, um, you know, that, 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 that's a very potent toxin. It's, uh, you know, it's it's not synthetic it's organic i'm trying to think of some others here uh you know snake venom constituents uh those are all organic um let's see here what else uh oh 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 uh when i was at dod we would talk a lot about uh, uh cone snails cone snails are amazingly toxic their venom is so 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 toxic it doesn't take many cone snails to kill a human being guess what they're also organic yep Though their toxins are organic. That, isn't that amazing? So all these things that could kill you, water is organic. And by the way, water is the number one killer of children in Florida. I'm serious. Look it up. Number one killer of children in Florida because the children down in swimming pools, right? So drowning, but water is organic. It's not synthetic. It's organic, especially pool water, right? So what, what, what am I saying here? Just because something's organic doesn't mean it's safe. Okay. It just means that it's um, not synthetic, not made by people. That's what that means. Now, the, the AAP is saying, well, you should be eating organic. You should avoid processed foods. Okay. Why do we have processed foods? Let's, let's talk about this. If, if you're a family where you have two working parents and you need to get dinner on the table, okay, you need to get dinner on the table to feed your family. Processed foods are actually very, very helpful. And we got to talk about what, how do we define processed foods? Unfortunately, there isn't a good standardized definition in the world. There, there is this one uh, definitional scale where basically ultra processed means that you've added something to it that you wouldn't ordinarily do in your home kitchen. 
And that's what a lot of these folks, when they're talking about ultra process, that's what they mean. So for instance, um, Greek yogurt with a sweetener added, it could be sugar. It could be stevia. It could be, I don't know, sucralose. By adding that sweetener, it has now become an ultra processed food. But if you didn't add any sweeteners to the uh, Greek yogurt, it's not ultra processed. If we add preservatives to food, now it becomes ultra processed. So, there, you know, this whole ultra processed thing, this doesn't make a lot of sense. You know, when people are telling you, well, you should avoid ultra processed foods, you should only eat GMO, non GMO foods. It needs to be organic, so not ultra-processed, not GMO, and not. And it needs to be organic, so not synthetic. Um, think about this. Think about what you're saying. What you're saying is we, we want people to, to eat foods that are raw and whole, like we did back in the agrarian days, um, when we had a very different social structure, Th- these are things that, you know, the privileged elite can do, but even you know, I, I consider myself privileged, my family privileged. We can't do that. We can't do that. There's no way that my family could move to that. We would have dinner on the table at like seven, eight o'clock PM. I'm sorry. The kids got to go to bed. So this is, this is something that privileged individuals can say and privileged individuals can do. But even, even at the income level I'm at, we can't do this. This is impossible. Now imagine you're saying this to, you know, a, a single, a single, you know, parent who has kids and they're trying to raise the kids while they're trying to hold down one or two jobs on top of it. This is impossible. They're setting this impossible bar. They're, they're raising people's grocery costs, right? A lot of the poor can't do this. People, even people who are middle income can't do this. This is, this is impossible. This bar that they're setting is just simply impossible. And they're spreading this garbage to people and trying to make them feel bad because they can't do this. No, there's nothing wrong with ultra processed foods by the way it's defined, right? Now, should you maybe not eat so much um, high sugary snacks? Sure. But we're not just talking about ding dongs and ho-hos here, people. We're not just talking about Twinkies here. We're talking about anything that you could buy in the grocery store aisle is probably labeled as ultra processed under the definition that most of these individuals use. That's what we're talking about. They're saying avoid that stuff. You can't do it. It's impossible. This is just setting people up to fail and it's ridiculous and it's not fair, right? It's not fair to the poor. So what you're saying to the poor is, well, because you can't do organic and because you're not avoiding GMOs and because, you know, you're eating ultra processed foods, you're really just setting up your kid for cancer. Isn't that what this says? It's, it's right there, isn't it? You know, because, you know, come on, come on. You know, they're saying, well, we should not ignore the evidence that points to a potential for increased cancer risk, especially for growing children and teens. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. There is no evidence for that with glyphosate. That none, zero, zip, zilch. There is evidence to the contrary. We need to stop looking at horrible science that fits our stupid agendas and fits into our biases. We need to stop that. That's not how science is done. That is not how science is done. 
As a scientist, you need to be a skeptic and you need to be trying to falsify your ideas. You need to catch your biases and say, oh, you know, I've got this kind of bias. I need to watch out for that, right? We need to not walk into confirmation bias. We need to not try to confirm our hypotheses. We need to be trying to dispute our hypotheses and disprove them. That's what we need to do. So when you're looking at this AEP statement, one of the things it says is recent studies show that glyphosate is present in many foods, especially ultra-processed foods. It also shows up in 80%, so there's a typo here, 80% of urine samples taken from people in the United States, including kids as young as six years. So what they're saying is that there's glyphosate um, showing up in people's urine. Great. So we're being exposed to it. And that this suggests that most children and adults are consuming foods that may increase their chances of developing cancer. No. Full stop. No. That is completely wrong. And this is the problem I have with this entire statement. This is just absolute ridiculous dribble. We cannot be having authoritative scientific bodies like the AAP stating these kinds of things. Now, I will correct myself in real time. Many of my colleagues will say, but, but Lyle, those, those, those folks who are making this are not actually scientists. They're physicians. True. True. And I, I will say, I don't normally split hairs like this, but physicians are not scientists. We have completely different jobs and completely different roles. So what I should have said was, someone who understands science and who presumably should be reading the literature to understand something that they are talking about should be doing a better job of synthesizing the science. That's probably what I should have said. So, all right, I'll own that. But here's the big point that I want to make. If you remember nothing else I say, remember this. We have to be really careful now when we get information from so-called authoritative sources like the AAP. And it, it, it burns me to say this because, you know, I don't want to be feeding the conspiracy theorists. But unfortunately, when we have untrustworthy information, chemophobic information coming out of an authoritative group like the American Academy of Pediatrics, which they blessed, by the way, they blessed this. The board of directors blessed this. When we have this kind of garbage coming out of an authoritative group like this, what it does is it brings us all down. It brings down all the scientists. It brings down all the medical organizations because now people don't know who to trust. This is absolutely ridiculous. This needs to stop. The AAP needs to fix this. This is not okay. Anyway, so what's the bottom line here? Bottom line here is the AAP got the science wrong. Glyphosate is not going to give you cancer. We know this. We know this. We know that you can eat ultra-processed foods because of the way it's defined. It sounds really scary, but ultra-processed foods is a huge category. You can eat foods that are processed. It's okay. It's a time saver for most Americans. It is a cost saver for most Americans. We cannot afford 
to buy our foods in complete raw form and then do all the processing ourselves in our kitchens. Because guess what? When you are cooking things, you are processing them, right? When you're preparing a meal, you're probably processing it, right? When I dress a salad, I'm processing my salad by the definition. So processing isn't inherently bad. What is bad is just like with anything else, going overboard. Going overboard on sugar is not okay. Going overboard on any number of vitamins is not okay. Eating a well-balanced diet, that's a good thing. It doesn't matter if it's processed or not. That's the bottom line. All right. So now that you know that, this is what I want you to do. I want you to like, subscribe, whatever you can to the Critical Science Podcast. Let your friends know. If you have somebody who's extremely anti-GMO and extremely uh, pro-organic and they're forcing their views upon people, um, you can share this, this podcast with them. I, I'm sure they won't ever be your friend ever again. Um, what I would say, and maybe I should have started off with this because it's too late. Those people are already tuned out now. But if they, if they were to stick around, I would say, you know, there are places where, where we can all agree. And I think we can all agree that, you know, we need to eat in moderation. We need to eat a rainbow. We need to make sure that we're not overeating in certain areas and that ultimately we're getting all the nutrients that we and our families need. I think we can all agree there. And I think, you know, I would be happy to have a larger conversation on this with, with people who are very pro uh, organic. I, I personally don't have issues with organic beyond the science. Uh, will I buy organic things? Yeah, I buy organic things every now and then. Do I buy it because it's organic? No, I don't. Uh, typically, I buy it because I might like flavor or something like that. You know, we have a home garden. We grow our own stuff. We don't, we don't garden organic. And it's fine. It's okay. What I have an issue with is when people start pushing these agendas onto people and they aren't based in science. That's when I start having issues. Anyway, uh, like, subscribe. Um, I'll be back at you with another episode soon. Uh, Have a great day. Thanks. Thanks.